Hello and welcome to the Overdrive podcast. I'm Lloyd Bonson. I'm Wilf. And I'm Tim. Okay, today's topic, uh, we're going to be talking about the pinnacle of motorsport. Is it F1 or is it something else? Um, It's widely regarded that F1 should be the pinnacle of motorsport. It's how it markets itself. Um, and if you watch the uh, the TV pundits, they talk about F1 being the pinnacle of motorsport. But is it really? Um, Wilf, let's uh, start with you and your thoughts on this. My, well, my personal opinion, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because you get some... The pinnacle of motorsport is when you go to a sport and then there is nothing else that you can go to that will be the same as that. Whereas... You see so many drivers that will get a few championships, stay in there for a few years, and then they leave. And then they achieve greater things in different series. Okay, interesting thought. Tim? Uh, (coughs) In some ways, yes, Formula 1, I believe, is still the uh, pinnacle of motorsport, but in only some. For instance, Formula 1, as a pinnacle, should be pushing the envelope. It should always be pushing the boundaries they should always be going quicker it should always be going safer but the only really way they pushed the boundaries recently is with the engines uh yeah but and even then i don't personally i don't think they've gone far enough um i think if you look at things like the world endurance championship um where where things have been pushed you know even further than they have in in f1 um and there's more openness in the regulations especially around engines and energy recovery um and there's a lot more freedom in the design that's uh, that's available to the uh, teams and the manufacturers and, and and so on actually yeah i agree i think it's you know it's this bizarre bridge at the minute between a free series and a prescriptive series and it can't, can't actually decide what it is if it wants to be prescriptive it could be, oh, there are great series out there like NASCAR that have always been prescriptive. It's called Stock Car for a reason. Stock, you know, prescriptive. That is a great, great series. Formula One at the minute is a little bit lost. Yeah, but if, if you want a prescriptive series, then you could quite easily go and do Formula Renault or Formula Ford or IndyCar. Um, Wilf, where do you stand on this uh, on this topic? Well, I would say, yeah, if you're going to take a prescriptive um, series, then you've, you've only got a, you've got to look at NASCAR. Because when you're running nearly a, an entire grid of 40 cars within a second of each other, you can tell how well that is run. But when you look at a mixed mash of regulations is it prescriptive is it not then you can't put it into any sort of context of it being the best in a series okay but let's look at world endurance uh if we take top class lmp1 um last year at le mans uh so 2015 you had uh audi with uh, a diesel hybrid uh, in the six uh, uh, megajoule um, hybrid energy recovery class, uh, Porsche, who had a 1.5 litre V4 petrol hybrid, um, Toyota, who were there with a V8 normally aspirated petrol hybrid, uh, Nissan, who were there with a front wheel drive 
hybrid car, uh, all of the others being mid-engined uh, and, and real drive. So there was really quite a mixture of, of uh, technologies and designs and theories and concepts there uh, on the grid. You don't tend to see that in many other formula these days. No, you don't. I mean, obviously, that's and that's why that sort of motorsport will propel a, a driver onto much greater, much more successful careers. You don't get that with Formula One. <coughs> Maybe Formula One could be classified as the pinnacle in a single seater context, but not in and not in a motorsport context. But but surely the thing is, if Formula One's meant to be the pinnacle of motorsport, then it should be more um, accepting of different regulate of different um, ideas, innovations, concepts. Um, you know, if we went back to the turbo era thirty years ago, you had combinations of inline four cylinder engines. You had V6s, um, you you were still able to run V8s, normally aspirated engines, you didn't have to have turbos. So there was a real mixture of, of designs, They were, you know, there was people running 90 degree V engines, 60 degree V engines, a whole, a whole, um, uh, a whole raft of innovations and concepts and, and theories out there as to what was going to be the best engine and surely uh, that's what we want to see now you know if, if the teams uh, or the, the engine uh, manufacturers were given free reign on the type of engine that they had you know if you just said to them okay you've got to come up with this uh, this hybrid engine um, and it's got to be, it's got to weigh a certain amount, and you can't use, you know, unobtainium uh, to do it. But you know, th th there's a prescription on the weight. There's, it's got to be a hybrid. Go and come up with your best shot. I'm sure we'd see quite a bit of, of different designs and, and theories out there. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, actually, I'm uh, very much inclined to agree with you. I think this is uh, where I was uh, saying earlier. It's uh, they're in this horrible area where it's uh, it's either uh, prescriptive or it's not. They need to loosen things up. That's where the uh, great designers over the years have really, really pushed the boundary. It's uh, it all of a sudden they uh, tighten it up to uh, stop Adrian Newey in the Red Bull uh, just having such aerodynamic ability. And uh, realistically, it, uh, yeah, Adrian Newey is probably one of the best designers that's ever been in Formula One, and uh, it's just uh, really uh, you know sport it a little bit for me okay the other teams can moan it's not competitive but all they've got to do is actually uh, start researching uh, finding that edge you know it's uh, if the uh, rules are out there to be exploited exploit it and, and let's be honest but you know there were other people that did you know you you look at um what ross braun and rory Byrne did at, uh, at Ferrari and then what Braun did uh, with, at Honda and with his own team. So other people you know, were able to, to, to capitalise. Um, look at, uh, at Renault um, during the, uh, the, the, the 2004, 2005, 2006 period. So uh, other people have managed to go out there and, uh, and um, be uh, somewhat uh, com competitive. Um, so without necessarily being Adrian Newey. So do, do the designs need to be, do the designers and the regulations need to be framed so tightly? I think, yes, because you, you've still got to have constraints within 
the constructions you can't just go out and create something that's mad and just way out there because that leads to so many complications with the safety aspect of a car yeah okay um surely that's where crash test safety comes in though if uh, if it passes crash test safety and uh, frankly it's not going to be a danger to other cars then why not let it happen it's that's what you know uh, sparks development in the real world that's evolution really in action and 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 let's look Matt. you know some of the you know some of the best times in formula one um, have been you know seventies and eighties with some very varied car designs out there. Now, I, I guess also part of the problem that we're seeing now is that cars are so reliable in in, in F one. Um, they're more reliable than they've been at any other period, um, and that's not helping the variety in in racing. Or, or well, well, what about this? Now, what about this? With if we're talking reliability engine wise where they're now so much greater than it than any time they've ever been why not then have the free reign on the aerodynamic side of it but not but you have to have a constraint on the engine side of it i, I completely agree and I, and I think this is the problem i think we're all in agreement that although f1 um is marketed as being the pinnacle of motorsport it clearly isn't so let, let let's take away from that you know f1's not the pinnacle um if we're looking at at things where regulations are a bit more open you're possibly looking at le mans if you're looking at where things are more prescriptive then you're looking at u.s racing nascar indycar has has waned a bit recently but in terms of single seat racing in single seat prescriptive racing indycar is is you know fairly technologically advanced they're still you know they've got some quite good aerodynamics you've got aerodynamic competition between but, but uh, the engine suppliers so but indycar is still in a rebuild phase they're still trying to get back to an era when it was one of the greatest motorsports that you could watch now it's it's trying it's trying to pick itself back up after being pushed by the wayside for such a long time okay but if you weren't watching f1 and you wanted to watch single seat racing what would you watch gp2 indycar formula Renault, scale electrics sorry formula e <laughs> all of them are you know are possibilities actually formula e as we're seeing more manufacturers get into it that's going to develop into something quite uh, unique and exciting possibly so there's there's well, a lot of airfix getting into it now. <laughs> getting back to the to the discussion point, pinnacle of motorsport. Where do we think we're at? What about Daytona prototypes? What about uh, Aussie V8 supercars? Where do they sit in 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 the, the scheme of things? The Japan or GT series? There's so much motor racing that's out there. We haven't even talked about rallying. But what do we actually mean by the term pinnacle? Are we saying uh, the uh, very cutting edge here? Are we uh, saying the uh, closest racing? What really is the pinnacle? Well, that's that's the that's what we we're trying to 
I don't know, go and come up with it. Obviously, F1 is not the pinnacle of motorsport. It's probably a pinnacle of the single-seater version of motorsport, but not in motorsport in general. Okay, so let, let's look at every type of motorsport that's available, rallying, rally cross, touring cars, saloon cars, club racing, um, prototypes, stock cars, whatever. Out of all of that, which of, of all of those various types of motor racing do you think is the absolute pinnacle? And I'm going to fire that over to Will first. Personally, the on the pinnacle of motorsport of all motorsports, just for the 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 actual context of racing and excitement, it's got to be NASCAR. Tim, actually, I'm uh, very much uh, worryingly here going to agree with Wilf on this one. Uh, from a purely uh, spectator point of view of uh, actually having been to NASCAR, there is nothing more electric than watching 43 cars fly past you in actually less than a couple of seconds, literally racing that closely, and you were literally not knowing, even to the last lap, who's actually going to win that race. And uh, the, literally, the la I was at the Daytona 500 this year. It was a photo finish. When have you ever seen Formula One a photo finish before? Never. Well, not for not for a long while. I think the the closest ever finish in F one was nineteen eighty six Jerez uh, Spanish Grand Prix. Uh, Senna beat Mansell by fourteen thousandths of a second. Um, but you know that's thirty years ago. So you know we're talking quite some time. Um, for me, uh, the engineer in me uh, has to say that the pinnacle of motorsport is quite clearly the World Endurance Championship. Um, so many different uh, concepts and theories over engine design, powertrain delivery, hybrid energy recovery, um, and, and how you make a car last the, the, the amount of time that it has to last in a race. Uh, and I think on, on that note, we're going to uh, call this discussion to an end. Thank you for joining us. We hope you can join us again next time on the Overdrive podcast.